Hello and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight we are joined by artist and writer Katherine Weibel. <laughs> welcome to the room, Katherine. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So let's start right off. I'm going to mute you just for a second. Let's start right off by me asking you how you went from psychology into writing. I mean, that is a dramatic change. Well, um, for me, the jump is not as strange. I think I've always enjoyed it and actually had a passion for all things to do with animals. And so my psychology minored it in college was it had an emphasis in animal behavior and when i kind of started pursuing both my art and my writing i incorporate animals in different ways with my art it's predominantly uh, through pet portraiture and in my writing i write high fantasy and each of my series has different kind of animal entities incorporated into it so my passion for animals uh has kind of channeled through me in different ways Nice. So the psychology is basically geared more toward animals? Yes. Uh, yeah. Animal behavior is kind of the uh, emphasis that I focused in. Wow. That is very exciting. Now, I heard your first job uh, based in the psychology was where again? Oh, I, I actually did not uh, end up working in psychology. I double majored with psychology and fine art. And so my first couple jobs ended up being on the art side. Oh, okay. Um, of, though I utilized some of my animal psychology when I was working as a part-time uh, pet trainer. And I ended up working at a zoo for an internship and their, um, what they call the children's zoo. So all the animals you gotta hold and touch and show at schools, those kind of creator, creatures. So. I gotta utilize it that way. Awesome. But in my writing, yeah, in my writing, um, psychology obviously is a great basis when you approach writing uh, different characters and their backstories and their personalities as well. Awesome. That's why I had it. It was for your internship, so I did find that very interesting. Um, with your writing in mind, tell me how your first saga, and I believe it was an adult fantasy, came about. Yeah, my, my series is called the Incarn Saga, and it's called, it's in the new adult age bracket, which means it's aimed for like older high schoolers, college um, students, and of course, anybody who enjoys um, fantasy in general, but it's uh, a little darker, a little grittier, so it's not really a true young adult. And that one came about, it was a long uh, work in progress right before i entered college i came up with the uh, preliminary idea for the first book of sars pause and started dabbling with writing but i had to predominantly wait until after i graduated to start focusing in on completing that book but as all things are it was a learning curve and trying to figure out and navigate the indie publishing universe took a long time so uh, between the writing, figuring out how to edit and publish it, and then the marketing of it, it's taken a little while, but now I feel pretty confident in my writing and publishing 
for my future books has picking up a lot of speed. Nice. I, based on what you say, I jot down notes as well because I always think of an extra question. Um, you just mentioned how you started the, you say it's not really um, a young adult, but the adult fantasy, your first book. You started it before you went on to college. So how long did it take you after you graduated from college to get back to it, to finish it? I I was, even though I uh, was working in different art jobs at the time, whenever I got home, I, uh, you know, got on the computer and tried to knock out a part of a chapter here and there. Uh, as, again, not really comfortable with the writing at that time, it did take me a while. But, I mean, from, I'll say, um, from graduation to publication, it probably was six years, but that also was due to trying to figure out an editor, trying to decide if I was going to uh, get a literary agent and querying and then learning about the whole indie publishing side of things. So it took a little bit of time, but uh, nowadays it's a lot quicker to write and then turn a book around. Right. So did you find it difficult after six years going back to it? Well, it wasn't after six years. It was like right after I graduated. So it was a four-year pause um, during high, uh, college that I put it down and then picking up. And thankfully, I wasn't that far along into it. So the rereading process didn't take that long. And um, the editing rounds, you know, you become really familiar with it after a while. Right. And you can, for me, almost, uh, if someone asked me a question, I could almost point to the page without looking to today, even though I published it in. Uh, 2016, I can still pretty much narrow down the chapter everything's in because I'm that familiar with it now. Right. I get you on that. Um, so tell me about the journey after publishing and how it's affected your work now. I mean, from your first book to now. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, I guess, depends on what aspect you want to know. As for, yeah, as for turning new books around, I've gotten in a rhythm, uh, for better or for worse, that I'm always working on projects at different levels simultaneously. So even though in the mornings I focus on writing new material, in the afternoons I could be marketing the books I have or working through edits that my editor sends back. I have multiple works, like uh, right uh, currently I have two series going on simultaneously. I'm always bouncing around between one or another book. So it's been a lot of learning on how to manage um, publishing that way, but without waiting for uh, my editor send me back books and continuing to write during that time, I've been able to turn books uh, a lot quicker, which has been nice. And then as for the marketing process, I mean, it's always a learning curve because the indie uh, publishing is, constantly changing and there's always new platforms and there's always new trends to get on and new things to learn, be it for Facebook advertising or trying to deal with BookBub or these other platforms. So it's always just a learning curve and never stop learning, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you mentioned your current work and you said you have two series upcoming, would you like to tell us a little bit about those? Okay, well, yes. Um, so, like I said, my first book, uh, uh, my first series, The Incarn Saga's New Adult, it's a shifter fantasy, uh, four books and it's complete. The current series that I have being uh, published simultaneously 
One is called The Guardian Speaker, and that is an adult Viking novella series based on Nordic mythology. It's, it, it is dark, it's gritty, but it's a quick series since being novellas, there are quick reads, and I try to publish one of those every other month unless I'm releasing a major work. My other series are full-length books for young adults. They're a fun adventure, adventure fantasy um, dealing with a multiverse, 12 magical planets, a heroine that uh, never knows what to expect from the villains at play. So it's, it's been a lot of fun trying to work with these different series. Nice. Now, I'm going to skip ahead here a little bit because I you mentioned the novella. So I actually was going to ask you about that in a little later, but I want to move that up. Um, I want to know what the difference is for you when you're writing a novella and you're writing a complete novel. What I'm assuming, right, your other books are follow along the novel length, right? Uh, my full lengths are respectively larger books, and then my novellas obviously fall into that shorter book length. So there is a drastic difference between just the size and then uh, the type of writing you can do. I've challenged myself to write the smaller ones, trying to see if I could write a, you know, distinct storyline within 10 to uh, 11 chapters, which is the length of my novellas. And it's been fun. It was a little bit of a learning curve since I was so used to writing these 43 chapter books um, to get the stories quick. You know, I make the characters have development, you know, have interesting twists along the way and these shorter work works but it's also been nice since they weave easily together and they tell a larger big picture. So you could almost qualify them as small sections of larger work. Right. So you don't have any trouble moving from maybe a 100K book to down to a 40K and being able to concentrate everything within what you want to tell the story. You don't have any difficulties in that? I, I was worried that I would, but thankfully I now have figured out kind of a rhythm of at this point I have to reach a certain kind of subclimax, and then here's where the big twist is, and then here's how you wrap up. So there is a slight little method to those storylines, and it's become kind of easy to write those. The real trick is jumping between uh, both the series that I'm publishing simultaneously and trying to remember, okay, we're on this world and planet, we're dealing with this heroine, and not uh, the other one. And I switch names in my mind all the time, and it takes me a little while to get myself in order of, okay, I'm working on the Viking novella and not my young adult fantasy right. today. Well, so as we're talking about the differences in the novel and novella, um, do you consider yourself a very disciplined writer? Thankfully, yes. Okay. I, I actually was homeschooled growing up, so micromanaging time and um, pretty much all the aspects of education at the time uh, kind of come natural and was able to apply to now managing my own business. So yes, I do. I am very rigid in my structure. I have a certain page count I try to get to every morning and I keep very detailed planners and schedules and <laughs> calendars all over the house trying to make sure I keep up with all the little details of um, what it takes to be a indie author. Now, you mentioned that you own your own business. Is that having to do with the publishing, or is that something, a totally different entity? My, my LLC covers all my artistic outlets, so yes, it covers both my writing and my art. 
Okay, well, let's talk about the art. Tell us how that ranges out. Okay, well, that my style of art is called reverse glass painting. And that's a form where you actually apply paint directly to glass in a layered fashion, starting with whatever you would see up front. So like the foreground, maybe it's the gleam of a dog's nose or the eye, and you work all the way back to the background. And then once the paint dries, you flip it over and you reveal the final piece. So it's a very interesting style and I've fallen in love with it. And through that, I've been able to do a lot of pet portraiture. I recently moved out of New Orleans, but during that time, I did a lot of window paintings from windows that had come from houses that were had fallen down from Katrina. And so I painted trees with beads and squirrels running around and a lot of local imagery um, from that area during that time. But art's been a lot of fun and it's kind of a, a way, to, an escapism almost from my writing into another kind of artistic outlet. Nice. So with that artistic background, do you ever find that you put that into cover work? I know you do the glass, but have you found a way to use it into cover work as well? I had hoped to do it initially, but my style is very different, I think, than what is currently trendy with covers. And I had to finally accept that when it comes to selling and marketing your book, you have to be close enough to the current trends to catch people's eye. And what's better way to catch people and lure them into your books than a <laughs> cover? So I actually have two very nice cover designers um, right now that I both adore and they've helped me create my covers for all my series. Nice. So when you bring in a cover designer, do you find it conflicting for you since you have that artistic, you know what I mean, that artistic uh, skill set with you? Do you find any kind of conflict? And I know you just said you love them, but when, but when you're looking at it, you're like, mm, maybe I would have done it this way or that way. Yeah, sometimes I come up with an idea and I'm trying to express it my way and then they'll send me a draft. And thankfully, more often than not, I'm usually impressed and um shocked at the way they approached it and uh, have enjoyed it but every so often you know i will tweak things or say can we try something new um, when it comes to the design i do take a lot of time to research uh the covers in my genres for the books that are most popular and try to figure out what it is that is the current trend and if you any of you follow books you'll notice even the books that maybe came out 10 years ago, they usually get re-released covers just to keep up with what's popular, um, you know, to date. So I do try to keep up with the trends of what's popular in young adult adventure fantasy versus maybe adult dark fantasy right. and uh, try to apply that to the covers when I help co-create them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at your website um, as you're speaking with me. And I see you have a pre-order, and this is uh, the Guardian Speaker Volume Five. So tell me a little bit about the newest coming. Okay, well that one actually releases tomorrow, so I'm very excited. And that is the fifth installment to my adult uh, dark fantasy novella series. And so, just to give you an idea of the series in general, it's um, based in and around a character named Leaf. She was born with an unusual ability. She can see and talk to everyone's what they call fujir, which is your animal-shaped guardian spirits. Now, to the rest of the world, it looks like she's crazy because she talks to herself <laughs> in their mind. But she's actually talking to her particular fujir, 
which is a squirrel-shaped entity called Trey. Anywho, because uh, growing up with um, this misperception, she's been ostracized from her society and kind of lives on the borders. And the first one actually kicks off because uh, another character arrives in her village who has kind of a similar gift, but he also knows, uh, bring, well, actually he's bringing with him a warning that humanity is threatened by this plague and his gift may allow him to be the only person who has the possibility of figuring out what's going on and stopping this calamity. Unfortunately, he is brought in as a slave and he's not hers to free. So it kicks off that way and the adventure will actually take readers through the nine realms that are in and around Yggdrasil, the world tree, and again, you get to immerse yourself in a lot of Norse mythology. Nice. So do you see this series going farther than the five books? Oh, yes. I already... (laughs) I'm a huge fan and lover of mythology, so I actually pulled... A two, an obscure two lines of one Norse uh, poem and use that as an inspiration for this series, which will end up being between a 12, 12 to 16, depending on how they burn. It's going to be a longer series. Right. But again, these are novellas, so they're all only 10 to 11 chapters. So long in respect, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you do have um, book two of the, I'm going to mispronounce it, so please forgive me because I'm horrible at words that I'm not familiar with. The Dajed, is that how you pronounce it? Or Yeah, the Jed Chronicles okay, and the Jed, the Jed is actually a word from Egypt and different mythos, and Jed in Egypt mythology is a um, kind of an amulet that represents um stability and strength mm-hmm. and so i use that uh emblem for my character and it's the term the jet is the term for the prophesized heroine for my young adult series so yes it's an unusual word i will agree <laughs> well i always apologize beforehand before i mess it all up <laughs> so as i'm looking at the cover and we talked about your artistic um side of yourself um, I'm looking at the cover, and it has a lot of, um, well, it's in the silhouette form for the for the character on the cover. But you have a lot of dials and circles and stuff. Are you pull, Are you giving us any hints in that? Yes. And uh, I tried to intersperse a couple clues of what readers may figure out, well, some key points of um, the storyline as it progresses, actually, and the back of book two, which is the Bagarian Sire, you have like the silhouette of a wolf. And again, you like you said, these kind of gears and cogs. Right. And of course, my main character on the cover. And the first cover actually has the um, the emblem, the amulet symbol of the Jed in the background, which is described in the book. So I do try to clue in readers a little bit of what you expect or you might find without giving away, you know, the details. I, I like when people later on realize, oh, I get it now <laughs> when we're going through the book. I am looking at the uh, your other series, um, Claws, Fangs, Hackles, Talons. Very, very, it, 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 the covers themselves seem to really tell a story. 
Well, good. Yes. That one is a war shifter series. So my main character on the first, you can, as you'll see on the first cover, actually can transform into a white tigress. And the other animals, as you see throughout, are all representative of different characters, what they call their dual form, which is their animal form as the series progresses and their key characters in each of those subsequent books. But I, I always love strong heroine characters, the, the idea of the woman warrior. And so I do incorporate that concept in a lot of my stories. Now, I see you have four in this series. Is that one, too, going to go a little bit longer or is that series completed? That one is complete to the detriment of some readers. <laughs> but I, I might, I've been dabbling with a, two different prequel ideas that I might loop back around and publish but i think at the moment it's done uh, as the original series at four books okay as i look at your series and you do have some more coming your and what well, sorry tongue-tied um and you've completed some series ha- let me ask you this have you ever had something that you wanted to write and you haven't done it so far oh all the <laughs> there are so many <laughs> the problem is i can't write fast enough there's not enough hours in the day, and I'm the opposite of, there are people, and there are a lot of people who come up with writer's block, think, please knock on wood, I have yet to deal with that myself, my problem is there's just too many stories that are bubbling out, and I have to stall them, I may jot some notes down, I put them in a file, but I, I'll, I'll get to them later file, but I, I really challenge myself to complete, you know, one of these two series before I take on a new project. But yes, to answer you, I have plenty of series um, that will occur down the pipe. Okay, so let's talk about your scheduling, how you set yourself down. I, you did mention that you were very disciplined. So how does that start out for you? Do you get right in the morning? Are you an evening person, afternoon? How do you set yourself and how do you put yourself on a timetable? I'm definitely a morning person when it comes to writing. So I dedicate most if not all the mornings to just writing and I try to aim right now my goal is four pages at minimum a day during the days I focus on writing and in the afternoon my schedule varies depending on what is necessary but that usually deals with a good second of time to deal with the social media and again marketing, checking at any advertising I may be running um, obviously going through the edits or formatting, as I've been working on right now, formatting to release a box set of the uh, Guardian Speaker first four volumes together. So the afternoon can vary or, you know, could even deal with painting if it's one of my painting days. But my morning is writing new material and I keep true to that. Well, I have to say you seem very accomplished to be running one business and still be able to put out as many books as you've got coming. Um, we are running out of time, so I want to give you one final question, if you don't mind. Um, I would love to hear what's coming up for you, even if, even if it's coming with a new work in your in your painting. I'd love to know. I know you have two books coming out, but where do you see, what should we expect next after these recent two to be published? Um, what, for the rest of the year, uh, my goal for the year is actually to release, we'll see if I hit it, release four novellas, which includes the one that comes out tomorrow. And then a full-length book to uh, be the book, third book of the Jed Chronicles, which is, again, that young adult series. Um, along with that, I'm going to be releasing a couple different uh, box sets 
hardcover versions of all my books to date. And Crossing Fingers, my first uh, audiobook of A Star's Clause, which was my debut book of my Shifter series. So there's a lot coming out here. We will see how much I can accomplish, lofty goals, and a lot of uh, late nights. <laughs> now, do you plan on doing the Audible yourself, or are you going to hire that out? I have hired it out, and I've been very fortunate um, to find a company that actually works with multiple voice actors. So it's going to be released, and it'll sound like one of those old-school radio programs with sound effects, different characters have different voice actors. It'll be a lot of fun. It's also why it's taking so long to create this one, but I am excited for the result. Nice. You know, you should get back here and get back on with us when that comes out, because that would be a very interesting um, podcast to get deeper into, especially with multi-characters. Well, I would love that. And like I said, crossing fingers, that should happen um, later this fall. Wonderful. Maybe early. Wonderful. Well, keep us in mind because we'd love to have you back on. I want to, I want to thank you so much for being on tonight. I want to thank our audience. Um, you guys always make my night when you show, come in and show and uh, <laughs> tongue tied, tongue tied. I need a, one of those blooper buttons. <laughs> you make my night by coming in every evening when you listen to our podcast. I want to thank you so much. Everyone have a great evening. Next, see you next Thursday when we have our next podcast. Bye bye for now. <laughs>